This episode is brought to you by Living in the Light Co. Brooke started this as a passion project in 2019 while working full-time as a nurse. In 2020, she felt God was calling her to use it as a ministry and left nursing to pursue this full-time. All L-I-T-L Co. apparel is designed custom by Brooke. No items are purchased through mass sellers. All of the bows and scrunchies are wholesale through small U.S. businesses and are handmade. Their goal is to wholesale through more and more small businesses so that customers know where their items are sourced, who is making them, and ultimately can be reassured that when they spend money with them, it is going to wholesome families who are creating beautiful things to support themselves. And personally, my favorite part about them are their priority is to ensure that LITL Co. is 100% spiritually based and run, and they do not cave to culture. So head over to their website, www.litlco.com, and use the code THOSEGIRLS to get 10% off of your purchase. Thanks. So um, I wanted to get my license to carry and carry the tool that I believe was the greatest equalizer uh, between men and women. And so that was, um, that's what started this journey to, uh, to start Alexo, because once I got my license to carry, then I had nowhere to carry it. <laughs> my firearm. I looked. I looked all over. I looked in the gun space. I looked um, in the athletic space, and nobody was making any clothes that looked and felt like the ones I was already wearing because I didn't want to sacrifice my current lifestyle. And there was nothing. There was literally nothing on the market that allowed me to do that. And so I started seeing how many other women were getting their license to carry, and I said, "You know what?" athletic wear is outpacing denim by like 10 to one right now. So, and there's enough women that are carrying self-defense tools. Why is nobody doing this? I'm going to do it. Can't relate to cancel culture, hookup culture, or victim culture? (laughs) Well, neither could we. We created this platform for those other girls Girls like us who want to give a different perspective from a Christian and conservative worldview. We talk about life, work, relationships, and everything in between. Let's be those other girls that don't just talk about culture, but change culture and bring back traditional values. expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect our employers. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Those Are the Girls with Mallory and Friends. I'm Mallory. I'm Victoria. And we are changing culture, bringing back traditional values. Okay, you guys, we have an amazing guest today. We have Amy Robbins. Um, Many of you probably already know her, but for those that don't, let me give a quick background. Um, Amy Robbins, while hosting several different lifestyle TV shows, the CEO and founder of Alexo Athletica, her passion for firearms safety proficiency grew along with her desire to see women everywhere live a confident, self-reliant lifestyle. As an avid runner with a few bad experience on her runs, Amy wanted the ability to train for a marathon 
wherever she wanted to, even in the wee hours without fearing for her safety. So she obtained her license to carry. After much research, she realized many women shared the same experience that she wanted to do something about it. However, she quickly realized that having a license to carry or carrying other tools, such as mace or a taser, does women little good if there are no comfortable, functional, and much less great-looking apparel options that would allow her to exercise while also exercising her right to carry and still look great. Soon after, in 2017, Amy created Alexo Athletica because no product existed on the market that met her need to feel fashionable while carrying an active wear. She saw a white space in the market and jumped on the opportunity to not only provide fashionable, functional carry wear, but create a movement of empowerment, independent women that could hashtag carry with confidence. That sums it up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am excited to have you on. I saw you were featured in Forbes. I've seen you at Turning Point events, um, the booth before, and um, I just we wanted to have you on to talk about your business, to talk about running a business and to talk about um, carrying and gun safety and all those things. So I'm just super excited to have you on. (laughs) Well, me too. And I love what you guys are doing. I think your podcast is very needed in a day like this. And so it's an honor to be on your show. I'm excited to jump right in and chat about whatever you guys want to talk about. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. So my first question um, is, what, is there a specific event that inspired this or in, in your bio, it says like many events, but is there one specific one you want to talk about that inspired yeah. this? Yeah, absolutely. So it's really crazy because I have always been a second amendment supporter, um, but I never actually exercised that right personally, as far yeah. as when it came to carrying a firearm on my body, we had firearms in my house growing up my entire life. So I was very comfortable around them. Um, you know, my dad trained us in gun safety from a very young age, but it wasn't until I got older and had them in my house with my husband and I, that I was like, you know what, I probably need to like learn how to use this gun. If it's going to be in my house, I need to know how to use it. I want to be safe. Um, That we lived out in the country at that time. And so literally if we called the cops, if anyone broke in, it would be like 15, 20 minutes before they got to our house. So I was like, okay, I need to know how to use a firearm. But at that point, um, he had to show me how to use the gun every time before he left to go out of work. He would have to show me how to load a magazine, how to rack a slide. I did not feel comfortable doing any of that. And so I was like, just get it ready for me. And then all I have to do is like pull the trigger and and shoot, you know? And (laughs) so that was kind of like the start of my journey into firearms. And then I got cast to host a TV show um, for the NRA on the NRA TV network with Koya Noir. And that's really what fueled my passion for um, learning firearm safety myself and being proficient with them. Um, And then everyone around me on that set had their license to carry. So it really started getting my mindset into this idea of like, whoa, normal people carry guns on a daily basis. I didn't know that. I thought, you know, I thought kind of like backwoods crazy people carried firearms (laughs) at that point, like on their body, like really paranoid people. Um, Well, so so I got in this mindset of, of starting to normalize the idea of concealed carry. And then when I was training for a marathon in 2015, I would have to go running by myself um, at weird hours of the day. And I remember it was one day um, in particular, when you asked about what event was it, um, it was this day I went out, I went running by myself. It was really early in the morning and I was on these back roads um, in the country where I ran all the time. At that point, I didn't carry any self-defense tool on my body. And I saw a big van of, uh, that was full of men, like construction workers that was coming over the hill. And I was literally in the middle of nowhere by myself. They slowed down, started doing the harassing cat calls and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And they passed me. 
but what got me really scared is they went to the end of the road and then they turned around and came back and did the same thing. And it was at that moment that I just had this like, oh crap moment of what would happen if these cat calls escalated to something more than just cat calls? Where am I gonna go? What am I gonna do? I cannot take on seven men by myself. So luckily my story ended there. It just ended with the harassing cat calls. And while that's uncomfortable and not fun, at least nothing else worse than that happened. Yeah. Um, But I went home and I I started giving some serious thought to not just carrying any form of self-defense tool, but I wanted a firearm. I wanted the great equalizer on my body because I knew if I was going to take, you know, if there were seven guys against one me, Mason, a taser probably wasn't going to do it in that particular situation. So um, I wanted to get my license to carry and carry the tool that I believe was the greatest equalizer uh, between men and women. And so that was, um, that's what started this journey to, uh, to start Alexo, because once I got my license to carry, then I had nowhere to carry it. <laughs> my firearm. I looked, I looked all over. I looked in the gun space. I looked um, in the athletic space and nobody was making any clothes that looked and felt like the ones I was already wearing. Cause I didn't want to sacrifice my current lifestyle. And there was nothing, there was literally nothing on the market that allowed me to do that. And so I started seeing how many other women were getting their license to carry. And I said, you know what? athletic wear is outpacing denim by like 10 to one right now. So, and there's enough women that are carrying self-defense tools. Why is nobody doing this? I'm going to do it. And that's exactly what I did in 2015. I had no background in manufacturing. I was not a fashion designer by any means, Um, but with some hard work and uh, just finding the right partners, that's kind of where the whole idea of Alexo came. I love that. And I love that you saw a space, everybody listening, if you see a space, like go into it. There are so many different things in our lives that we have, um, that we can all refer to that we're like, oh, you know what? I wish we had X, Y, and Z. Well, you do that then. You do it. Don't wait around for someone else. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. And don't listen to the people that tell you it's a bad idea. It's never going to happen. They're going to laugh at you. That happened to me all along the way. Can you imagine me going to manufacturers in Los Angeles? Because I did have a background in entertainment. So most of my connections were out in LA. And you can imagine trying to come to fashion designers and manufacturers (laughs) in Los Angeles, telling them that I want to put gun holsters or carry pockets uh, built into my leggings they laughed me out of their office and it didn't discourage me. It actually fueled my passion even more because it made me dig my heels in and say, no, I know that this is a thing. I know that we need this. And um, I didn't want to let any of those roadblocks stop me. So it, it was, if you see that and you have an idea, even if people don't believe in you right off the bat, like you've got to believe in yourself and your idea enough to really go for it. And don't let saying like, I don't have enough money or I don't have enough experience stop you from doing what you want to do because I didn't have, um, I didn't have investors when I started this company. My husband and I put all of our own money into this. We took, we took all of the risk ourselves. Um, we didn't take out any loans. We didn't uh, wow. take any debt to do this. Um, we made some big sacrifices on our lives along the way because we believed in this project enough. And then we, we made it happen. So you don't have to have millions of dollars in the bank. Um, you don't have to even have tens of thousands of dollars in the bank. You just need to have, have a small enough like, I guess, a, amount of money to get going and then a big enough dream to, to keep going forward with it. 
So we end every podcast with the question of every girl was listening to you, what would you say? And I feel like you kind of already answered that. So yeah, I have like a question of like, what advice do you have for women entrepreneurs? And I'm like, well, crap, do I ask that? Or is there some more advice we can pull? Yeah. Like, we're both like female entrepreneurs. Like we both work full-time jobs. We're yep. trying to get this podcast off the ground. Um, I'm trying to get kind of like a social media consulting thing off the ground and um yeah I will tell you I will tell you never be ashamed of your side hustles never yeah so and and don't have this idea so I kind of always had this thought in my head that being an entrepreneur meant getting to a certain place in life and it's you know you you were all in on that one project and that's kind of what you gave your life to well along the way. I mean, I, I still worked a full-time job. My husband didn't even come on board full-time until two years ago. We both had full-time jobs and careers while we were getting Alexo off the ground. And don't ever be ashamed of that. Many people yeah. have multiple projects that are going on. Um, don't quit your day job, but also don't quit your day dream because you mm. really need to, sometimes you, you got to have ways to fund this project. If you're not, yeah. going to, you know, a big tech space where there's money readily available from investors to just hand over for, for these great tech ideas. If you're starting something else and you really may have to fund it yourself. That's fine. Get your job, start a savings plan. Um, I think the biggest thing for, for us was just not to get caught up in keeping up with the Joneses at that time that we were starting our business. We really Mm -hmm. didn't have to make a lot of sacrifices and sacrifice is just not a word that our culture, um, likes to hear we want to have it all we want to do it all we want to be it all right now and so for a lot of people the word sacrifice um, is something that makes them really uncomfortable because they they want to buy that purse they want to buy those shoes well guess what you if you build your business to the point where um you know it is you're, it's taking over your other job. Well, guess what? You can buy all the shoes you want at that point. But in the beginning, you may have to make some sacrifices and that's completely okay. And that's really kind of what we had to do, what so many entrepreneurs do to mm-hmm. get their dreams off the ground. Yeah, I know this is not talked about a lot because we both listen to a lot of like entrepreneurial female business leaders podcasts. And one thing that frustrates me, it's the beginning of like the grind because we hear like, okay, this is how they became successful, but it's not like, okay, what did you have to sacrifice? Not realizing it took like two to five years. Yeah. Um, what, I really want details on this. What did you guys have to sacrifice? Because I think a lot of times what we're seeing right now, how expensive everything is Mm -hmm. and like, um podcasting is no joke it is not what you think it is everybody well I'm not even saying that Mal I'm saying like how expensive gas is how expensive (laughs) groceries are like people are starting to have to cut back on a lot Mm -hmm. and I just want some advice on like having to cut back like what did you guys learn and what was like the best thing y'all did to cut back and save money yeah, well, the the number one thing that we did, um, we made the decision to downsize our house. And so what we did was we actually sold our home and took a portion of that money and put it aside for the business. So we mm-hmm. basically had like a risk assessment uh, that said, okay, how much of this money can we risk to start the business? What are we comfortable with? What are we going to put in there? And what are we going to give this a shot? So if, if this tanks and doesn't go anywhere, it's not going, you know, we're not going to be completely starting over from zero. So we had a certain amount of money that we put aside. I can't remember what our initial investment, I want to say that maybe we invested like 
30 grand or 60 grand into product, I want to mm-hmm. say. Um, and so that meant not turning around and buying a house right away. That meant finding a cheaper apartment, living below our means, buying something yeah. that was a little bit smaller than um, all of our friends at that point, you know, were, were really accelerating in their careers. They were buying big homes. They were buying big cars. We didn't go and spend all of our money to buy new cars. Um, I still have my same car that I've been driving since I started it, which I think is like a 2010, uh, car It's paid (laughs) off, but you know, we're, we, we still live like in that mentality of like, let's, let's pay things off. Um, let's Mm -hmm. not be in debt. Let's continue. Like we reinvest most of the money back into the company at this point, because we still, we still own it a hundred percent. Um, and so we haven't taken any outside investment at this point and, So like to do that, I mean, yes, like that's, and that to me is making sacrifices in this culture because today so many people want to drive the nice cars. They want to live in the big houses. They want, they want it all before they're at that point to where they can really afford it. And, you know, just the fact of living below your means, meaning not spending every single dollar that you make. So sacrificing, don't get the nice car right this second. You don't have to live in the nicest apartment right this second, buy all the new furniture, continue to buy all the new clothes um, and keep up to a certain standard. Like you, you really, those are the sacrifices that are easily made and you can save your money and start putting it aside to reach those goals that you want to reach. And my Bible study that I'm doing now, we're talking about God's timing and this kind of like to me, it's tying in together about just like delayed gratification. Like yep. it might not be like, you know, you don't have the nice big house right now, but if you do what God has called you to do, if you mm-hmm. follow that plan, yep. then later you can have that. Absolutely. Um, and I think Absolutely. it all, I love this. It's all. And if you're, you know, if, if you're a believer in, 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 you believe that God has a plan for your life and you believe, which, which we do, which I am, I'm a Christian. And so I believe absolutely that God, maybe not directly like gave me this vision. I know that he wired me in a certain way and he put certain passions in my heart that um, when we had this idea, I, we just continued to walk through the doors and we said, Lord, if this is your plan, this is your will, you're going to foot the bill. So (laughs) there may be times where we didn't know, how we were going to get things paid for. I mean, along the way, people, I think, look at Alexa where we are now. We just celebrated our fourth year anniversary um, with the launch of our fall and winter line that just came out on Saturday. And along the line, like there have been so many roadblocks that we honestly, my husband and I looked at each other and we were like, I don't know if this business is going to continue from having issues with our manufacturer um, to almost getting sued by a multi-billion dollar company because they said that our logo looked too similar to similar to theirs and it didn't, but they're a much bigger company that yeah. they, they can shut everybody down that they don't want in their space. Yeah. Um, and so like we had to get really creative with a lot of stuff. We had an American manufacturer steal our money, steal our product um, and not, and it almost put us out of business at the very beginning. So, I mean, like we came up against a lot of roadblocks at the very beginning that we just had to keep having faith. Like we kind of surrendered it a long time ago and said, God, this is your business <laughs> this is your <laughs> and we're going to work really hard. We're going to get up every day. We're going to, we're going to work as hard as you possibly can. But at the end of the day, like we know that if you want this to continue, you got to help us 
get creative and find some ways around a lot of this stuff. And um, he's really done that. He's been really faithful and in, in continuing just to help this grow. And it's not, it's not for our sake. Uh, we believe it's because there's millions of women that need to be helped. We believe that we want to um, grow this business so that we can give back and continue to help in several philanthropic opportunities and organizations. And so, so, you know, as long as God continues to bless this, and that's what we want to do is just continue to be a blessing to other people as well. Love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, really quick. I have a quick, it's a firearm question. Super yeah. quick. Switching gears a little bit. Wait, I have, can I ask one more about side yeah. hustles and then we'll switch okay. gears? Okay. Okay. So you had a full-time job. We have full-time jobs. How are you able to balance your full-time job with your side hustle? Mm-hmm. But also like for me, like I'm scared to even add it to my LinkedIn that I have my own business for fear of my company seeing it. When I was starting all this, we didn't have LinkedIn. So (laughs) there there was no LinkedIn at this point. Honestly, God, I don't even know if there was Instagram. Instagram had just started. Gosh, like I just got on Instagram in like 2013, 2013 Yeah. Yeah. Ish. And so, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of things that I, I didn't have to think about. But I will say when it comes to LinkedIn, everything that we do right now, um, you leave a digital footprint and you really need to be conscientious of whatever your end goal is. If you're Mm -hmm. building brands around that, I mean, if you, you have to know like where your brand is going to go and you really Mm -hmm. need to formulate and be really careful about what you're putting out there, um, in, in the social media sphere. And then in regards to the internet, because nowadays, potential um employers are looking at everything that you're doing they're looking at yeah listen to they'll go back and listen to this podcast they'll go and look at the post mm-hmm. that you're putting on on linkedin and so you really want to just make sure that you have a good clear uh path and vision of what you want your brand to be and those are the things that you start highlighting okay but I guess so going back real quick so how are you able to balance your day job and your side hustle because I'm doing all of this on top yeah. of getting my MBA I just I so. didn't sleep and you know <laughs> everyone's gonna tell you that you gotta get seven to eight hours of sleep a night well that's really not possible when you're <laughs> when you're starting a company how are you able hold on real quick sorry Mal but how are you also able to prioritize you're working out and healthy eating and all that because you were still training for marathons. I bet you're still working out. Like that's the biggest thing I've struggled with is prioritizing like work, working out and like adding, trying to like create the side house. Cause all honestly, like I started mine after the pandemic started when I realized like, okay, like I'm getting part furloughed like I need to find some way to make up the money that I lost this year. Mm-hmm. And I'm realizing that now too, like my paycheck, I started my job in 2019. I did the inflation calculator. I'm making $3,000 less based off inflation mm-hmm. than what I was making in 2019. Yeah. So like, I've realized like I've in order, to, like I've had to add this side hustle in order to make what I was making yeah 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 the side hustle is now basically like the new job supplementary income yeah 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 it almost is the new norm and um you know there's you just gotta you when you say like how do I prioritize all of it um it's just a matter for me it was a matter of like if I want to accomplish and I want to do it I'm just going to do it I will do the things that are important to me so Mm -hmm. you know making plans for, and at that point too, I didn't have kids. 
Um, and so that, neither do we. Yeah, that made it a lot easier. So <laughs> you know, if you want to add the healthy eating and the exercise routine. Now's the time to start it before you have kids because mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it, it just gets harder. But you will make time for the things that are important to you and the things that you want to do. And um, you know, there was a there were many nights that we didn't sleep. We pulled all nighters getting this stuff um started. And you know, it was really waking up really early in the morning to either get the workout done or I would find little breaks during the day. That's mm-hmm. my running to me was like how I cleared my head, how I got yeah. my best. So I never looked at running as, oh, I have to go work out. It was just a part of my life. And it was a part of like Mm. what I did. I got, um, I got a lot accomplished as far as like thoughts and brains and working through different things on my run. So I almost looked at it as like a part of my work day, you know? Um, and so maybe you might have to shift your mental game and your, and mental gears just a little bit to get all those things done. But, um, yeah. And then sometimes there may be days like that you don't get your workout in and that's mm-hmm. okay too. You've got to be able to give yourself a little bit of room and a little bit of grace while you're working on building the things that you want to build. I awesome. have- quick question um switching gears to firearms i personally um i have shot with a rifle the and i did with my ex-boyfriend's uh house he lives out in the country and and i had never shot a gun before he's like you have to do this you got to learn i'm like yes i do once again like you like i respect the second amendment i will fight for the second amendment i just personally I'm nervous. So I had that. I felt powerful. I was like, wow, I'm a princess. Like I'm a boss. So then last week I did a, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get my, um, my, uh, carry license. I want to do all this stuff. So I took a, um, girls like shooting class, but it was with, um, the, with a Glock. So like a personal handgun, absolutely terrifying. I was like shaking. Yeah. I like my feelings. I was prepared to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm a boss. Like, woo. And then the whole time I was like this and like, it was just terrifying. What is some advice? Well, how did you feel? Did you end up actually shooting the gun? And how did you feel afterwards? So I shot the gun and after I did it the first, so I shot four times. The first two times I was very, very close to the target, but I noticed the second two times I was off because I was anticipating the noise. And I think I just wasn't, like I said, like I tried the other one, the other one's not as loud. And I felt like I had a little bit more control this one. And then I had to like squint my eye and it was just really different. And I want to be comfortable. I want to be able to, you know, protect myself. Cause that was the other reason why I want to take this class um, with that same boyfriend. We would uh, sometimes go on trips and he'd be like, okay, well, if something happens, it's here. And I'm like, I certainly hope nothing happens because it's going to stay there. Cause I have no idea what even I'm looking at. And I don't want to be that person if yeah. there's a situation. So like, what are some advice you have to, for girls out there like me or for me specifically though, that yeah. would get. So I'm not so nervous. Well, I commend you for even going and doing that because it is, I like you was very fearful of, of it. I mean, it is, it is a fearful experience. If you're not used to them, the noise is loud. Um, the recoil can be, can be, that was another thing too. I was shocked. I was like, yeah, it can be very (laughs) scary. And so the only way to get over that is to do it more and okay. is to practice more. Yeah. I mean, there are times when um, even the first, like if I haven't been to the range in a long time and I go back and I shoot, especially if you're in an indoor range, the noise is so much louder indoors. And the whole feeling to me of being like surrounded by people that are shooting when I'm in this little box, like 
I don't personally love shooting indoors. Um, it's great for target practice. It's great to get used to the firearm that you're going to, that like, let's say you got a new Glock and you want to just know how it operates and you want to know how it shoots and feel it in your hand. It's a great place to go. I prefer to shoot outdoors though. Um, it just, I like the open space a lot better, yeah. but the only way to get over it is to actually take the gun, go to the range and shoot it. I would recommend getting a whole box of ammo and running that entire thing through that gun. So 50 shots, you know, so you are, by the end of the day, you're comfortable with, um, loading your magazine. Uh, you're comfortable with racking a slide, which means being able to pull one of the, the bullets up into the chamber. Um, you're comfortable with how the sights are. You're comfortable with your stance, with your grip. There's a lot of technical aspects to shooting a firearm that unless you get out and go practice it, you're going to continue to be scared of it. It, because it's, it's the fear of the unknown yeah just, just like anything and and for so many things until we go and do it and we do it multiple times we don't get over that fear it really is the best way to get over it and I can say from personal experience because I was just like you very fearful of it um I, I hated the noise and I hated the kick I didn't pick up a yeah. shotgun for almost 20 years because when I was 11 years old my dad put he says it was a 20 gauge but I'm pretty sure it was a 12 gauge and it <laughs> just kicked my shoulder back so much that I never wanted to touch it again mm. until I was like 30 years old. And then once I finally did it again, I was like, okay, it's not bad. It's uncomfortable, but it's not too bad. Yeah. Um, the only way that I got to that point was because I was out shooting guns all of the time. And I got really good practice being on this show for the NRA, because that's, that's what we did. We would do half of the time of the show in the studio, and then we'd be out at the range the other time. So I was mm -hmm. learned, I was shooting rifles like AR-15s, um, full automatic rifles. I was shooting shotguns. I was shooting every kind of handgun pistol that there is out there. And after that experience, I was shooting so much and I was so comfortable with how they operated that I wasn't afraid of them anymore, if that makes sense. And so yeah. it really was like this next level of empowerment to me when I knew it doesn't matter if, if I come into a house and there's a gun in there, I'm not going to be scared of it because I know how to operate it. I know how to be safe around it. That's what I want to be. Mm -hmm. That's my goal. Yes. <laughs> and that's the only way that you're going to do that. Get that firearm that you have in the house, take it to the range, have an instructor, preferably like a female instructor. Yeah. Showing you how to load that magazine, put them in there yourself. Don't let them do it. You do it yourself. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely capable of doing it. Um, let them safely watch you like, learn how to rack the slide because that was so hard for me I didn't even know I I had such a hard time pushing the that gun. yeah that I was shocked how hard that was when we yes. were cracked I was like what why am I struggling yep, yeah. yep and and until like so there's there are techniques that can help you with that and an instructor can like get hands-on with you and now there is no slide that I can't rack and it's like the coolest thing ever because I'm like yeah I can I can rock like any kind of slide and I can, I can do this. And it's just so empowering to know that I can do it. But before I got my hands on them, I was just like you and I was scared of them. I didn't like them. They felt intimidating to me. And um, yeah, I, I, I just said, you know, once I got my hands on all of them, it, it was awesome. And I wasn't afraid of them anymore. Okay. Yep. Well, right. we need to wrap up, but here's uh, some fast three questions we have for you. Okay. okay. What firearm do you recommend for women? Like what fire, like for women working out that like kind of pairs well with your um, athletic gear? You just like, it's, that's the hardest question to answer. Oh, okay. So not a fast question. 
<laughs> there, there is no one size fits all, you know, that's kind of like saying, Hey, what shoes do you recommend for running? Well, I need to know, mm -hmm. or what shoes do you recommend? Well, I need to know what, yeah. are, you, what are you using it for? Um, what size foot do you have? How is your foot shaped? You know, there are so many mm -hmm. firearms that the best advice I can give you, if you're looking at getting a firearm and you want to know which pistol you're going to like the best, if that's what you're looking for, find a range that is near you and get your hands on as many different models as possible. If you've got oh, a pen and paper, advice. go ahead and write down these models because these are the ones that I recommend trying out first because they are the most popular models for women. Um, mm -hmm. So you've got uh, the SIG P365, which is a fantastic option um and i'm telling you options that will all fit in your alexo pants so these are all really Perfect. great um the hellcat is a really great option those are nine millimeters if you want um the glock 43 is kind of a standard um great option but i will tell you it Glocks don't have safeties on them. So if you want a firearm with a safety, um, you the Hellcat and the SIG 365 do have options with safeties on them. Um, if you want something a little bit smaller and you want to go with a 380, um, I run with a 380. Uh, so I've got a Springfield 911. Um, I've got a Ruger LCP. Uh, what else are oh, the Smith & Wesson EZ? And I will tell you why you guys might like that one because it's easy to rack the slide on that. Ah. <laughs> so that's a good model to try. Um, get your hands on those. See if you like them. See if, if you like the grip. The grips are shaped differently on all of these. Okay. The weights are different. Um, I will also give you this one little tip. Don't go into the gun range and look for the smallest firearm, thinking that that's going to be the easiest one to shoot. Smaller guns with shorter barrels typically kick more because oh. they don't have the barrel length to absorb um, that, that recoil. And um, so a lot of times women go in thinking, oh, just give me that little gun. That's going to, oh, that'll be really easy to shoot. And then they're, they're taken back by how powerful it is. Um, or how hard it is to control the firearm. So mm -hmm. start with those options. If your gun range allows you to, to rent several different models, those are probably the most popular models um, that, that women are buying right now. And they're a good place to start to see if you like them. If you don't like any of those, then talk to the range instructor there and say, hey, you know, this is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a home defense option. I'm looking for something to potentially uh, carry on my body. You know, and you want to make sure that the model is small enough that it's not going to stick out in print um, or where, that's where you can see the model of the gun through your clothing. Okay, yeah. You want to make sure that, that, you know, the model is a lot of women, a lot of guys recommend Glock 19s <laughs> for women, which are great guns and they're easy to shoot, but they're really big on women's bodies to conceal mm -hmm. carry. And so, you know, I, I think that there's other options that are easier to conceal. So okay. I hope that answered your question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what is your favorite marathon training program? And then what's your favorite non-running workout? 
Ooh, great question. Um, so right now my husband and I are using the, we're using a Nike um, run, like a Nike run program. Oh. When I trained for my first marathon, um, there was a book out, there was a guy that wrote um, a book about something called the run walk method. And it was a really interesting method. I don't have time to go into all of it, but we used that plan for our first like full marathon that we did and ended up really enjoying that type of training. Um, but we're doing different training right now with the Nike run app. Um, it, we're doing like speed workouts, um, mm-hmm. different long runs on the weekend and it tracks and it tracks like all of your running, all your miles. And it's really cool too. Cause you can put in the shoes that you're wearing and it will track how many miles you have on your shoes. Cause you want to change your tennis shoes. So every yeah. miles, you know, um, so oh. yeah, so that's what we're using right now for our running. And then my favorite non running workout. Ooh, Gosh, um, I'm not, I hate lifting weights, but I do it. Like I, I mm-hmm. like strength training is really important, especially yeah. like when, when you're training with your marathon. Um, but I'm a big spinner too. I love oh. cycle classes. I love spin classes. Um, and yeah, I, I would say those are, those are going to be typically like the workouts that I do on a regular basis. Okay. Very nice. And then what is your favorite Alexo outfit? Oh. Well, one that I'm wearing right now is our new, you can't really see all of it, but <laughs> we can link it. We will link it. Um, so I love, I mean, I love all of it, but um, I mean, I'm, you're usually going to catch me in, in leggings during the day because I need to have outfits that are so easy to transition from running around with the kids that I can run to errands, run to a meeting, but then also, Hey, I'm out and about, I'm going to go get my workout in. And that's yeah. Exactly- what Alexo is so great for it literally works for no matter what you're doing you can run your errands you can go to brunch and then you also have your clothes on if you want to go and get a quick workout in um Mm -hmm. and so right now we just launched an entire line where we've got t-shirts tank tops sports bras sweaters joggers um and and we have pieces too that aren't necessarily like designed for working out but they're all athletically inspired so all the fits all the fabrics are going to help you live a very active lifestyle live it comfortably, but also make it super easy and convenient for you to carry that self-defense tool or any of your essentials on your body. And you don't even have to take a purse with you. And so that's what we wanted. We wanted convenience. We wanted ease. We wanted comfort. And um, we wanted you to be able to do it in a fashionable way. And I think that we've accomplished that with this new line. So definitely check it out. Um, It just last week and it's of course if you want to wait for black friday i always tell everybody you can we have great deals at black friday but we run out of sizes really quickly that's the only yeah. thing until it's, black friday is the supply chain issue affecting you guys a lot right now so we were extreme so as far as getting our product yes it delayed it yeah. just a little bit but we ended up air shipping everything in and i will tell you so for a small business shipping costs like are outrageous. They've risen about yeah. 300%. And Oof, wow. They have, they affected us while we have our product. It affects, it affects costs. It affects overhead, um, you know? And so you're going to be seeing, unfortunately from retailers, every single retailer and especially small businesses, um, the cost increasing of goods right now. Mm-hmm. And just, just to be able to maintain the level of business that, that you were, you know, seeing before. And it's, 
it's crazy because these prices always get passed on to the consumer. The mm-hmm. shipping costs, the, um, the, the fabric costs are more expensive. Labor costs are more expensive. Like costs are just up, but we did not have stuff sitting in the ocean. Thank God um, on these thousands of containers. Cause we didn't ocean ship anything over here. Um, oh, and it, but it, it's a real thing. I mean, the, it's a, it's a real crisis. It's a real, um, it's affecting a lot of businesses. And so I tell people, um, if you are shopping this Christmas season and you can support a small business, um, <laughs> do because it's, it's going to be really hard for a lot of small businesses to make it through this because no one's going to get restocks or at least small businesses. We won't be able to get restocks. Um, if we run out of a size at black Friday, it won't be here until like next spring. Um, so okay, good to know everyone listening. That, that's why I was wondering. It's like, <laughs> yeah. are we wait till Black Friday, or should I just go ahead and get it now? No, I mean, yeah, you you'll probably be fine. Um, I mean, like we we did anticipate like the growth this year. We we ordered a lot more product than than we did in the past years, like anticipating the growth and everything. But if we do run out, that is the problem. It's it's just yeah. mm-hmm. and that's that. It, it won't be back and and more than likely like that particular style we won't even do it because we'll be on to new products you yeah. know again in the future so that's probably the biggest thing that's affecting small businesses is um restocking for the christmas season and then getting your products to you by christmas time so right now if you order a black friday you'll have your stuff by Christmas. Like we'll be able to get it out. But if people wait until like the last week before Christmas, you won't be getting your products by Christmas. <laughs> and that's not just from us. Yeah. That's carriers telling everybody that, that that's everybody, unless it's Amazon who has their own drivers and their own warehouses that they're pulling from. If you're using third-party carriers, FedEx, UPS, UPS, um, or like the United postal service, then they've all already put out their carrier times and their cutoff days for when you order your products. If you want it by Christmas, um, you got to get it in by X amount of dates and time. So it is kind of crazy what we're, what we're seeing and what we're dealing with right now. But the biggest thing that you and your audience can do is support businesses um, like ours, like Alexa, that, you know, we're fighting every single day to continue to um, support your values and support your missions. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it gets very hard for small businesses to A, already stand up and do that because they get blocked on social media. They're getting turned down at every corner um, from being able to even like advertise their businesses. So, I mean, it's so important that uh, your uh, this community just pulls together and we continue to support one another and help one another because um, it's, it's tough. It's tough for conservative small businesses right now to do what they're doing. And um, if you want companies out there that you want to put your money and you want to support them, then, you know, definitely uh, shop that way this holiday season would, would be a huge help. A hundred percent. Everyone listening, uh, this is super important for us to support conservative small businesses, small businesses in general, but specifically conservative. It is so important for us to do that. Mm-hmm. So we're going to wrap it up. Tell us really quickly your website and then your social media. Yeah, absolutely. The website is alexoathletica.com and it's the same for all of our social media. So really active on Instagram. You can get in touch with us at alexoathletica. Uh, my personal page is the Amy Robbins and um, it, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at both of those uh, handles. So, so I'm looking at the website real quick. Are y'all going to bring back the Freedom Star bra top? 
I know. No, we're not. Oh, there's so many extra small left. I'm like, no. I know. (laughs) You know what? Actually, I think we have some on Amazon. I think that line, we actually did end up, um, we do have some of those products on Amazon. We don't sell most of our stuff like on Amazon, but we did have that line. I think there might be that bra top available on Amazon. Oh, mm-hmm. good to know. I'm looking yeah, now. We don't, sell the, we don't sell our current line um, on Amazon. So like we don't have like the new products on, okay. on Amazon. Oh, that's a quick suit. tip, everybody listening. So if you see something on the website that's sold out, maybe check Amazon. It might yeah, be there. You, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. Um, everyone, please make sure you follow Amy and at Alexo Athletica. And if you enjoyed this episode, please let us know. Uh, like, subscribe, rate, review, share this episode. This is a good episode for people who are interested in entrepreneurship. And it's also a good episode. We learn a little bit about firearms and um, things like that. So this is a fantastic episode. Even share this with your liberal Lizzie friends, because I mean, everybody wants to start a business. Everybody should start a business, really. Now is the time. Um, but yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Bye. Bye, Bye guys. Thank you for listening to Those Other Girls with Mallory and Bailey. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Head over to our website, thoseothergirls.com, to read our blogs and receive exclusive content. And connect with us on Instagram at Those Other Girls Podcast and on Twitter at TOG underscore podcast. Those are the girls changing culture and bringing back traditional values.